again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp and not as always, but certainly this time, I'm joined by Will Murden. How's it going today, Will? Well, it's always me here, Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, I didn't phrase that particularly correctly, but yes, you are always here. I'm not. Either way, how are you going? I'm the rocks in this situation. I'm well. It's uh, good to have you back, mate. That's good. I mean... And this may be something that continues to drift into the future as well with travel plans and things that we've got going on. I know I would love to just settle down for the college football season and be here nonstop, love to make this my job. But yeah, I mean, there's other things that go on in your life and you continue to have to do this from afar. You lead a very active lifestyle, so uh, we, we need to adapt this. And I mean, we're committed to the show, so we want to get the content out. So between the two of us, I think we're going to continue to work to get someone else in where possible. Andy did a great job uh, earlier in the week. We'll have a few others, uh, potentially look at getting some guests in as well from dudes over in the States. So I think we can make it work and it's it's, it's all good. Absolutely. Apart from Wobbs just slaying me publicly on my lack of confidence on freshman quarterbacks, but thanks for that, Wobbs. He's um, not wrong. Uh, it's not about being right or wrong. No, your place. It's your I, first episode. I think there is something to do with being right and wrong. And it's <laughs> Anyway, let's push on. We, we have got a lot to get through today, so I don't want to drag the chain any longer. Uh, we've got a little bit of kind of just bits and pieces for me to catch up on because I have been out in the bush for the last three days and I don't really know what has happened. So Will's going to fill me in on the goings-on in college football. We've got a game previews to get to. Uh, we've got championship draft. We've got bold predictions. We've got to get on the punt. So there's a lot to get through as per usual as we gear up for week two of college football. Just before we do jump into this, I'm sure our listeners out there want to know, how, how was your time away? It, it was it was really nice actually. Like it's cold down here. It was really warm up north. Okay. So so you're um, in the Flinders Ranges. Yeah, up north, just hiking around, looking after wee squibs. So okay. it was good. So just taking kids on hikes and helping them develop some social skills away from their phones. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which some struggled with, but no, they're actually really good. That's I really enjoy it, and you would too, actually. No, I'm sure. You. I'm sure it'd be nice, actually. It, yeah, it, it would be good. It was good, and we had you know 25 degrees. It was warm. Okay, enough of that then. Yeah. All right. So, in terms of stuff that I've missed, I mean, there's a few things that having quickly flicked through the headlines uh, on the way back. Clearly, we've had, and I saw some of these on the weekend, but a whole string of fallout over quarterback injuries. Yeah, there's been a number of high-profile injuries that have hit around the league. So talk me through a few. I saw JT Daniels go down. Yes, so he's uh, had a confirmed ACL injury, which is really unfortunate for him. Uh, that's going to be 12 months on the sideline for him. So he is done, and that really hurts USC. Can take his red shirt there, though. So. He can, yes. So there is a small benefit in that, but they were really relying on him to produce this year. Uh, his backup quarterback had transferred out of USC, so they're in a bit of a hole and are now going to have another freshman quarterback coming in it's okay clay helton's a fantastic coach and i'm sure he will uh cook up something to put his quarterback and his skill position players in the best position possible we also had kj costello who is uh, another high profile guy another yeah. one with sunday aspirations who was knocked out of the game there and you mean literally knocked out it was a head issue i believe it? so yeah yeah yeah, so uh, he'll be monitored to see whether he'll be available for that big matchup with USC this week. Mm -hmm. uh, there were a few other minor ones around the spot. I know Jake Bentley went down, uh, which may be a blessing in disguise for South Carolina because he was bad to close out that game against uh, North Carolina. He was certainly struggling, so it may have been you know a coach giving him a dead leg or something on the sideline. <laughs> so Ryan Holinsky takes over at quarterback for him, but I don't know anything about this guy. First time I'm reading his name. So sorry, Cock fans, but I, I can't help you out there on the inner workings of Ryan Holinsky. I know you're a big Cock fan yourself. <laughs> <laughs> just bowled you a half volley outside off there, mate. Well done. You've just knocked it through cover. Congratulations. Cricket is on tonight. Actually, it is too. That'll be good. Go yeah. home. Settle uh, in. Anything else in the quarterback world that I need to know about from an injury perspective? Uh, not so much from an injury perspective, but 
I did want to make note and make sure that you uh, saw Jalen Hurts' performance. Mm. Boy, oh boy, wowee. So you've been super critical (laughs) of Jalen Hurts. Yes. You've been a big doubter of his. Still am, still am. He turned out quite the performance in their matchup against Houston. So he went 20 of 23, which is not bad. Those are tour type numbers. Uh, over yep. 300 yards, three touchdowns, and then also got it done on the ground. 16 carries, 160 plus, and another three. Okay, so Houston's defense we know isn't superb, but you know, is that part of it? Or is it the fact that Lincoln Riley is quickly becoming the best play caller, the best offensive mind in football? Um, there's a whole string of questions that could follow down that path as well and and his interest in the NFL game and um, Baker Mayfield has certainly been his champion on that front and then seeing Cliff Kingsbury slide across across to the NFL is he just that good and and you know how long is he going to stick around in the college game for I think there are three components to this one of them being Houston's defense and all that Uh, the second one being Lincoln Riley and the third one is that Jalen Hurts is actually pretty good yeah, okay. So I, I think you can't just say it's the, it's this quarterback guru who's doing this. You do need to recognize that he's a player. And he did have success at Alabama. He, he wasn't torching people through the air on a regular basis, but he was still a very good, successful quarterback. Disciplined, knew not to turn the ball over. And that was what the coaching staff there wanted of him. That was exactly what he was supposed to do there and he did it well so I I think he's going to have an opportunity to really flourish and you're going to see these sorts of numbers continually okay I mean he did but his big weapon was his legs more and and this is where Tua probably went past him is that Tua could throw the deep ball throw the intermediate ball extremely accurately and extremely well and that was where Jalen Hurts effectively lost the job and I don't know how much of this game you caught being on a Monday which is a work day for you um, but did he throw that deep ball better or is it just the fact that Oklahoma just gets receivers? I saw a, a couple of highlights where receivers were just literally walking in open space. Yeah. By so I, I didn't get to see the game myself being in the office. Uh, so I guess I've seen the highlights. I saw what you've seen. He, anyone can make those throws. I mean, you and I could make some of those throws out there. Yeah, but I'd probably chuck a couple in the dirt, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm being a little facetious there. <laughs> but we can certainly uh, expect him to continue to be really good through the air and on the ground in this offense. We, in terms of the deep throw, intermediate throws, they're, not, they're just not going to have the defenses where he really, really needs to have those tight windows. So we're probably not going to get to see that until we close out the season you know, later on. So are we saying then that any quarterback that can run and pass a bit is a plug and play in Lincoln Riley's offense? No, certainly not. I still think that there's there's levels to this thing. And the fact that Tua went over the top of him doesn't mean that he's no good. Tua's one of the best quarterbacks that we've seen as a prospect in some time. And he's going to be a first round draft pick when he elects to go to the NFL. So there's no knocking that. I think he can potentially get himself in that conversation as well where previously he he probably couldn't because he was seen down on there but he's now going to have an opportunity to really display what he's got okay and he looks to be an early contender in the Heisman which was yeah you know hypothesized I suppose early in the year but there was still a lot of question marks around him and there still will remain question marks like you, you can't one game isn't a big enough sample size to convincingly state him as being an absolute freak of a player and a Heisman quarterback. He's certainly got to do it ongoing, but it's a really, really good start for him and the Sooners as a whole. He has moved into equal first position uh, with the punters, uh, along with Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tagovailoa. So all three of them are at about three to one. Right, there you go. Uh, Any other news that I need to know about? Uh, Not so much news, but I did want to bring this to your attention because we're still trying to find your darling team this year. We are, yes. And we had a bit of a conversation over the weekend about this, and there was a bit of a trend forming that's a little concerning for you in terms of some of the teams that you've potentially mentioned. So we look at Purdue, last year's team. Yeah. You thought maybe you could get on board with them this year. 
Yeah. Fuck, how did they drop that? Oh, God. So they went down to Nevada on the back of a 56-yard field goal. Stiff. Unbelievable. We well, look at After North- being up big as well, but yeah. Northwestern? Yeah. Uh, a team that you were interested in? Yeah, I was. I thought Hunter Johnson could be good. He's he was not. so bad. <laughs> oh, no. And they were really terrible on offense, so they got done. Uh, you've mentioned Missouri? Yeah, I, I kind of... I don't know, I... I kind of want to get on board an SEC team that that might be okay, and it's not one of the the top end, the big powerhouse teams. And we've seen that after this week that they've bottomed out. And Missouri fucking Wyoming, <laughs> Jesus! Uh, when we were watching the Utah BYU game, you said maybe BYU can be my team, an independent school. Yeah, well, I like um, Zach Wilson is uh, the quarterback, and uh, I, th- I really like the offense. The offense is actually something that I'm pretty sort of familiar with, and I would, I, I like that kind of offense in in terms of. I know we talked a lot about offense last year and the spread offense, but spread is obviously very variable, and even though there's a lot of teams that run the spread, they're all a little bit different. But theirs really speaks to me unfortunate and it looked good early and then they went in a hole it sure did so they got done they i also love a good. polynesian linebacker just coming downhill smoking people always uh oregon was a team that you added to your championship draft you were big on them yeah they got done and then week one you also had a week zero miami your boys lost so all of these teams that you're showing any interest in are just getting done. So if you could just stay the fuck away from Oklahoma State. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's fair to say that I'm cutting all of those teams. So outside of Oregon and Miami, I'm not a big fan of Elijah Sindelar at Purdue. Uh, So they're dust. So we're still on the hunt. All right. Yeah. Maybe Um, we can pick someone up today. Zoo Northwestern, their unis still get at me. So... Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe maybe I just stick with the Campbell Fighting Camels. They put in a good show against Troy, and maybe I just follow Did some... Did they? Yeah, they started off a bit I feel shit. like Troy fucking rolled them. Yeah, I mean, they did in the end. But Campbell, that, they'll be okay in conference in the... I don't know what they're in, the I Pioneer think, League. I don't the think Pioneer this is League. what our <laughs> listeners are dialing okay. in for. Okay. They get their weekly dose of Campbell Fighting Camels. <laughs> okay. Maybe we'll follow the fighting camels this year. Anyway, uh, other news. Uh, I saw Willie Taggart came out today and ooh, this is not the kind of press that FSU want this early in the season. He's come out and said that hydration was an issue for their poor second half performance against uh, Boise State. And- I feel him though. I mean, Tallahassee is a hell of a place to party. So if you're going out on like a Wednesday night, you're still going to be somewhat fucking dehydrated <laughs> come Thursday, Friday if you're not really careful about it. So it's warm over there at the moment. That's that's an honest mistake. <laughs> By the entire playing group, apparently. Well, a few of them, yeah. yeah. I just It's the sort of headline that makes me really happy as a Miami fan because these are the sort of headlines that are the classic comment from a bit of a used car salesman someone who's trying to make excuses and and you listen to all the good coaches in college football none of them have got time for any excuses and that's an excuse so i'm happy for willie taggart and that you know kind of real struggling football program at the moment to to stick around as long as they like all that that stuff does is turn up the heat on his hot seat really yeah i know and that's not what i want i want him to kind of go okay this year show some improvement and then get signed to a long-term deal that's what i want because i'm not a willie taggart believer i still know they're supremely talented kendall briles got off to a good start and then went in the tank all right buddy let's get into the games now okay i did have one more question for you yeah so I don't know, like obviously there's a lot of providers of college football, whether it's ABC, CBS or whoever, but ESPN clearly in their view or move towards uh, a college football game coming out are giving these player rankings. I don't know if you've seen that over the weekend. I did see that. What are your thoughts on that? Do you have any thoughts the, on the that? The PlayStation player yeah, rankings? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't quite understand what it related to because there is no game, there's no nothing. It would make sense if it was kind of then updated on a yearly basis into a game. That was cool. It would have to be a weekly basis. Yeah, and, and that that's what they do in the NFL. So right, no yeah. issue with that with Madden, but it just doesn't exist. So it just 
it was odd to me. I, I'm not on board. Look, unless, as soon, as, unless. soon as the fucking game's available, <laughs> I'm 100% in and I'll yeah. be all about it. But until then, don't tease me with that. Yeah, yeah. I just find tease. it odd. It's almost like ESPN and PlayStation are like leaning hard on NCAA, on the NCAA to... And me and us. <laughs> yeah, and the show. consumers. Yeah, yeah, To authorize that game moving forward. But anyway, just something to consider. Okay, AP poll as well. Any moves and shakers, I don't really care that much about the AP poll. You love it because it's something to consume as a consumer of college football. I don't really give a shit. I think it's strange that Wisconsin jump up after beating a shit-ass UCF team uh, that can't defend the run. And guess what? Wisconsin got the best running back in football and they ran all over them. And all of a sudden, they jump up again over some teams. That also won. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily believe that Auburn jumping into the top 10 is necessarily warranted. All this kind of stuff. I don't know. Have you got any comments on the... I'm, I'm much happier to see movement than obviously you are. Yeah, you like the turmoil. It, it, well, it makes sense to me. I mean, everything that's been put out so far is hypothetical. What I would expect is even if two teams win, if one looked more impressive doing it, then move them up. But, but, if, but if that's your argument, then why not just not release anything until you've got a sample size that's of some validity? Because I like the hypothesizing as well. Throw that out there. Put your arguments there. Let people debate that. Uh, internally, you know, you have your own rankings, you move things up and down, you think, you know, that's fair, they're right, they're in a good spot, no, they're too high, they're too low, whatever it is. It allows that conversation. But then as soon as games start to happen, it should be dynamic. Things should be shifting all the time. But we know that it's not. Like, we know that it's not that dynamic. And that's the big frustration for me is that when you slot these teams into the top 10, it's, it's a lot harder to jump people than it is to stay where you are. Yeah, but that's the top 10. I think outside of that, where all the movement happened this week was, it is constantly churning over. So we saw that. I'm happy to see that. The top 10, we probably know a little bit more about, and none of them really had a matchup. They're, they're all very similar matchups. Okay, question to you then. If Florida, who's played their one game, yes, they won. Florida weren't ranked preseason. Are they sitting in the top 25 right now? After the, on after, the one, after the back of their one game. Uh, no, they're fucking not. Quite possibly would be, yeah. No! On what grounds? Well, they beat a decent Miami team. Like, they beat a team who's receiving votes. Yeah, but they're only receiving votes because the thing exists in the first place. My, my question is, is would Florida be... If you just scrapped the thing, you didn't have a preseason poll, and you went, okay, after week zero slash week one everyone's played we're going to rank everyone from one to 25 who is where i mean clemson probably doesn't sit at one after their efforts against georgia tech which is bullshit because they're still the best team i think um but florida to me is but that's not- where it's it's a combination of things it's a combination of your assessment of their talent and how good a team you think they are plus what they've done Correct, but then there's not the but with that then you're not getting the dynamic and fluidity of the top twenty five that you're after. But you certainly are, and then it just it the more volume you see on the field, the more it changes. Mm, yeah, I would I'd have to do a bit more research, but I would say that those things don't change. And the research I think has shown that the, the teams that start in the top ten always make the semi-final and often that's warranted i'm not disagreeing with that but if you're coming from outside the top 25 you've got to go undefeated if you're clemson alabama georgia oklahoma ohio state you don't have to go undefeated yeah but you kind of need to win your conference or you need to have been very good throughout the season yeah i don't quite understand the argument i mean it just means that the people are picking the top 10 get it right so they should how do we okay all right, we can maybe continue this argument at a later time. I'm not a big fan of the top 25 coming out before we've actually got a sample size that is worth viewing. Uh, but anyway, let's dive into some games for week two. And my key thing for this week is it just can't be as sloppy. The amount of penalties, the amount of turnovers. We saw Notre Dame and Louisville literally hand each other the ball three on three consecutive plays. Uh, we saw... T- turnovers and interceptions by everybody uh we saw false start penalties we saw delay of games which are just a clear sign of teams not being ready and not having that match practice that they'll settle into the season with anyway so i am looking forward to a big 
week two of quality football, which probably means the scores will be a bit closer and it'll be less cr- frantic and crazy. It's but, college football. We're, we're always going to see that. It, it's part of the allure of it, but you're yeah. right. It just seemed ridiculous. A lot of penalties, a lot of turnovers. Just crazy. All right. So there are some games on Saturday morning. None of them really noteworthy. Uh, I mean, Arizona State plays Sacramento State. The only reason that may be... Uh, interesting is where is to see whether Jaden Daniels can pack back up his really really good start to the year, and to see if Michael Turk can launch one to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe you want to talk us through those numbers. I can see it in your eyes. Uh, that was covered off when you were off gallivanting uh, the countryside, okay. my friend. The other one is that Boise play Marshall. Now Boise are ranked. They jump into the top twenty-five after uh, their win over Florida State down in Tallahassee. Uh, but hopefully they'll be able to back up that good win. Outside of that, nothing really too interesting to report. As we jump into Sunday's games, there is a super, super early one, a 12.30 kick. Yuck. In fact, you'll probably still be up, uh, especially if you lose this weekend. There's every chance that like, if that is unfortunately the case happening, I am still enjoying a beverage or two or not enjoying a beverage <laughs> or two. Yeah. Drowning some sorrows. Yeah. But we don't expect that to happen, so don't worry about that. Cool. All right, let's jump straight into the one thirty time slot. Now, feel free to jump in at any stage, and you're probably going to want to jump in on this very first one that I'm going to state, and that is Cincinnati. Uh, head to Columbus to take on Ohio State. You are banging the drum all season for Cincinnati, and I like it because you've picked someone that is a little bit different. Uh, can the Bearcats get over the top of a really, really you know, explosive Justin Fields-led offense in Ohio State. Oh, this is going to be bloody hard. This this will be tough. So Ohio State are a very good program. And whilst I am super, super high on Cincinnati this year, they are really up against it. Uh, playing against a, an incredibly talented OSU team. They have Justin Fields, who I was hoping maybe wasn't all that. He looks like he's all that. Yeah, yeah. He, he was really impressive in their first uh, week victory over Florida Atlantic. They will put up points, but I think Cincinnati's strength is in its defense. So I'm yeah, looking for forward sure. to that matchup to see if they can contain. They did a great job against UCLA. And a lot of people have given Chip Kelly heat for not being able to move the ball. A lot of that has to be put on... Uh, Cincinnati's defense and what they were doing, the pressure that they were getting, uh, their coverage downfield was all really solid. So this one is going to be tough for the Bearcats. I'm, I'm not feeling great about it, but if they can at least put in a really good showing, I think that will highlight them well moving on into the year. Yeah, I think the own, to me the only way that Cincinnati can stick around, Desmond Ritter has to be perfect with the ball and not perfect with the ball but certainly he can't turn the ball over which is an obvious one probably but he's got to be pretty elite throwing the ball downfield Michael Warren who still rushed for 92 yards last week but struggled to get going he carried the ball 26 times now he's a thick thick man but he's they're going to have to control the clock and because we know Ohio State's offense is extremely explosive Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins and all those receivers they have um but is there any chance, you know, you're obviously picking Ohio State to win, but they're getting 16 points at the moment. And I think that's a bit generous, perhaps, towards the Buckeyes, or maybe I'm overselling Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you, banging that drum. So I like Cincinnati plus the points. Uh, it's an incredibly tough place to play, Ohio Stadium. It'd be one of the toughest road trips for any team to go into. So you need to factor that in, but I really hope they can give it a shake. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I know you will be keeping an extremely close eye on that one. All right, as we head, there's a there's a game that I thought was going to be interesting. I don't think it's going to be interesting anymore. And that was Army at Michigan. Uh, always an awkward one to play that triple option offense. But Army didn't get out of the blocks as they would have liked last week. Uh, but is there any reason that Michigan won't win that? I don't believe so. I think Army... You know, there's still going to be a team that could cause issues. Michigan should be able to account for them, though. There's just a massive differential in athletic talent on the field in this one, and I don't see Michigan having too many difficulties. 
Okay. Uh, other 130 games in the Big Ten, Iowa and Rutgers square off. Maryland uh, face an old ACC foe in Syracuse, uh, which will be an interesting one and battle of kind of a high-powered Syracuse offense and Josh Jackson, who's got off to a good start in his quarterbacking life at Maryland. We've got Old Dominion and Virginia Tech as uh, Old Dominion, the Monarchs, head into Lane Stadium. The now, sequel. The se- <laughs> I mean, is this going to develop into uh, a rivalry with him? Uh, no. Virginia Tech are going to win this one comfortably because they're going to win the Coastal. <laughs> After their loss to BC on the weekend. They did, but it's a very good BC team. <laughs> Okay. Uh, other games. There's. I mean, there's not a lot to get excited about in this one thirty time slot. So if you're planning on getting up early or staying up early, uh, pick that. Probably Ohio State, Cincinnati, and then if not, find something that's close after that. Missouri, West Virginia. Now Missouri will be looking to bounce back. Uh, will Kelly Bryant or Austin Kendall come out on top in that one? Do you think? Uh, two. Very disappointing efforts week one, I think. Two rebuilding teams, it seems. So I expect Missouri to win this one. I'm really down on West Virginia this year, but who knows? Wouldn't surprise me either way. So rather than like a heavyweight boxing matchup, it's just going to be like two people trying to slap each other to death. Is that what we're after? Then? Yeah, it'd essentially be you and me if we were trying to fight each other. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. Oh, well, this is cute. <laughs> <laughs> Purdue Vandy uh, is at 130 as well. That could be an interesting one, although Vanderbilt will rate their chances uh, as Purdue look to bounce back after a messy start. Yeah, Purdue touchdown favourites in that one. Yeah. Uh, um, I like Vanderbilt's uh, hopes. I think people are a bit down on them for getting stomped out last week, but it's Georgia. I mean, good, yeah, luck, yeah. good luck anyone else going against them. Yeah. Uh, Bowling Green, Kansas State. Uh, nothing to get excited about there. Utah face off against Northern Illinois, and I think they handle them pretty convincingly. Georgia Tech play South Florida. Now, Georgia Tech probably put up a better showing than most people thought against Clemson last week, uh, but maybe they can, I don't know, give it a bit of a shake and run the ball well, uh, but it will still be a matter of if that offense can get going at all. No, nah, I'm expecting the Bulls to bounce back in this one. Really? Yes. Heading up to Atlanta to win that one. Interesting. Yes. Blake Barnett getting it done. Okay, as we head in later into the morning, uh, the 5 o'clock kickoff, which will, all eyes will be on that one. And I think I'll probably get up for this one. Uh, that is number one team in the country, Clemson, uh, playing host to the number 12 team in Texas A&M. Now, of course, this was a 28-26 game last year, uh, an extremely tight defensive... I say defensive, it was relatively low scoring for those teams who went on to score big points uh, later in the year. Uh, Kellen Mond probably had the game of his life last year and was absolutely fantastic and had that Texas A&M team going really, really, well, really, really well offensively against the Clemson defensive front that really struggled to manage him at times. Is there any way that we see A&M walking into uh, Clemson and actually getting over the top of them this year? I think there's a way for sure. I mean, this Clemson defense is young this year. And we did see Kalamond go off, catch lightning in a bottle last year. Perhaps it could happen again. I think that's a really good matchup there to see how well they're progressed. As you mentioned a little bit earlier, Clemson were not convincing against Georgia Tech or maybe not to the point where we expected it to we thought it was going to be a real drubbing where this is a different ball game coming still up against 52 to 14 so. yeah I know I know and, and we make it sound like you know it was a, a close-ish game it wasn't they controlled it but there were a couple of things in that Trevor Lawrence didn't look as godly as we kind of expect him to couple of picks yeah. so is he going to bounce back from that or will we see a little bit of regression there I don't know. Sophomore slump, which we don't hear about. It used to be a thing, Correct. right? So you come in as a freshman, you have a good... And then all of a sudden people get a handle of you in conference and... You're the big dick on campus. Yeah. The whole of America thinks yeah. that you are the, you know, the second coming. And the sophomore slump was a thing. We don't hear about it so much. Could that be on the cards for Trevor? Sounds like that could be a thing. Oh, really? That's ambitious. I don't think it's a thing. <laughs> 
I'm not ruling it out. I'm, really? keeping, I'm keeping that one open. I like this. We okay. can come back to this moment. Okay. Perhaps. And, and say we were the first ones to call it. <laughs> okay. Sophomore slump. Trevor's going to struggle. A&M get up. You saying that? I mean, yeah, because that, that soundbite's going to sound awesome. <laughs> yeah, when you pull it out. What do you actually believe, though? I think Clemson will win this match. I mean, it's at home. They're a very good football team. Uh, it, it will be tighter than most expect, I believe. I think uh, A&M are, are still a decent team. And although the SEC seemed to struggle last week, I think that... Texas A&M will be able to match it with them in a number of areas athletically. So Darbo's a hell of a coach. He'll probably find a way to get this done, but it's not going to be that one-sided matchup that maybe some out there are expecting. Yeah, I think um, Jimbo Fish is a really good coach. That's Correct. the other thing. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, he he was at. Uh, Florida State for so long and I was so used to them just being a solid outfit and it's not like coaching is so massive in college football and I am just starting to appreciate that probably I should have been ahead of the curve on that but it is a it's not just about the you know the blue chip ratio and all these good kids it's the fact that you see what Florida State has now and, and their coaching turnover and the fact that they've still got a lot of good players and you look at A&M who uh, you know they still recruit at a similar level, but all of a sudden Jimbo Fisher goes in there and turn in and you know it's different to Kevin Sumlin. If Kevin Sumlin was at the helm here, I think you're talking about a Clemson smashing and yeah. Texas A&M aren't relevant. Uh, well, you, I mean you're spot on if you just look at Texas, right? So they had that success with Mac Brown, and then the recruiting never really changed throughout this whole process. They had uh, Charlie Strong come in and they struggled big mm. time. They, they dropped off and whatever it was, he just didn't gel. His brand of coaching wasn't successful there. And then he left, Herman came in and there's been a quick uptick and they're back. So find that coach. And I think A&M have got a really, really good one and Jimbo Fisher will prepare and plan and he knows... Uh, Dabo Swinney really, really well. I think the man that's going to get off the chain again is Travis Etienne. I think that offensive line is so, so good, you know, across the board almost, but certainly I think they'll look to attack A&M on the perimeter, uh, really look to run off tackle uh, and, and, and really have their way up front. And I think if that happens, that's when you're in danger of those play-action passes. And then you've got T. Higgins, you've got Justin Russ one-on-one, and that's game over. And you saw even last week, Trevor, like, uh, was it T. Higgins caught that long touchdown pass? That was a 50-50 ball. I mean, I say 50, a 50-50 ball is never 50-50. It's often advantage offense. But, you know, he just threw it up. And he's going to have the opportunity to do that. He's going to get clean pockets. Uh, and like we said, Kellen Mond just has to be another one, like Desmond Ritter, has to be perfect, I think, if A&M are going to be any show whatsoever. Yeah, Etienne is sure, certainly a special talent. And I think you're right there. He could be the difference which will be an interesting one to watch. So keep your eyes peeled for Clemson to really look like the number one team in the country. Other games, number 17, Wisconsin, uh, host Central Michigan. I don't think that one is worth commenting on. Colorado host number 25, Nebraska. Stevie Montez will run that offense again pretty well. Again, Colorado have got out the blocks pretty well similar to what they did last year. Is there any chance that they can cause an upset here like they did last year? Beating Colorado State at home doesn't qualify for me as getting out of the blocks well. That was as expected. They got out of the blocks well last year. I think that was 5-0 or 4-0 and last yeah, year, yeah, Colorado. Yeah. So I was just implying that maybe they're getting Maybe that will blocks. happen again. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not reading too much into that. I think this will be a, a different matchup. Different team. I think they'll still probably struggle a bit. Okay, this is a rivalry game. These are old big, uh, big, big, big 12. Big 12, is that yeah. Right? yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it'll be closer than people think. I don't know what the, the, uh, the where the line's at at the moment. It's fairly tight. Is actually. it? Yeah. Okay. Well, so, the line here is... Three and a half points. Is that all? Yes. Wow. So, 
obviously the uh, the people that pick the I don't know who sets the lines. People in Vegas, I'm assuming. Handicappers. People in Vegas. So those people out in the Nevada desert, they know what they're doing. They agree with me. So anyway, uh, pushing on other five o'clock games. Uh, we've got Richmond at Boston College. That's not worth noting. Uh, Alabama play host to New Mexico State. That will be another beat down uh, at 5.30. Uh, the number three team in the country hosts Murray State, which, again, isn't worth knowing. These are a bit of tune-up games for most teams. UCLA-San Diego State is at 5.45, and UCLA will look to bounce back with a quarterback that I don't trust, a head coach that I don't trust, and an offense that just doesn't look like it did at Oregon or... Uh, at the Philadelphia Eagles either. So Chip Kelly, to me, is on a hot, hot seat. Yeah, I mean, maybe not a hot seat because we are only 1.1 seasons in. Like, it is really early on, but the, the early signs are not promising. It's strange probably to see a college football coach with such a proven track record go so badly at a school that has as good a resources. Like, UCLA has got proven winning history, not in terms of a dynasty or anything like that, but they've been quality football teams in the past. And to have a, like I said, to have a coach who dominated at Oregon for a lot of years and then went to the NFL and had extreme success with the Philadelphia Eagles, to then come back to college football and not be able to produce to me is quite odd in lots of ways. It it, it bucks the trend. It all caught up to him. I told you, this... this this whole up-tempo offense that he was the pioneer of really became the norm, and he hasn't been able to reinvent himself. Well, it looks like he's got on these big tight end sets. He's got anyway. We won't try and something new. Yeah, yeah, it ain't working he, out. He is. Uh, as we move later into the morning, where you will certainly be able to wake up and have your breakfast. Uh, Eight thirty in the morning, we've got games such as BYU at Tennessee. Can the Vols rebound after? Gee, a, a really, really bad loss. And yeah, I mean, the pride's going to be hurt there, so I expect a pretty fired-up unit because there's going to be a lot of talk in Tennessee around Knoxville around how disappointing that is. That's a historically bad loss, so I expect them to come out all guns blazing. And they've been down for a long time now. I think there's there's a bit of a misconception that Tennessee have been really, really good. Is that another team that you're maybe interested in? Actually, I was, on? yeah. Actually, Tennessee was another team. That Fucking was, hell. How was deadly is this kiss? Oh, God. All right, so I'm all aboard Oklahoma State this year, and they play McNeese. Go away. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can McNeese do it? Uh, what were your thoughts on Spencer Sanders? He took over at the number one quarterback position and didn't relinquish it for the entire day. We thought that um, Drew Brown... Drew Brown, yeah. Yes. Uh, was going to see some burn as well, and that just never happened. No, yeah, I'm excited. He, he looked everything as advertised. He's dynamic on the ground and through the air. Combination of him, Chubb Arbord, and Tylan Wallace has me really excited for this year. He is rock hard. Um, yeah, I mean, you would be excited. I can see your nipples. Anyway, the 9 o'clock game is number 6, LSU. This is probably game of the week. So, number six, LSU, take on the number nine, Texas Longhorns. Now, this game is... Uh, oh, it's played in Austin. Sorry, I thought this was going to be played uh, in Dallas. But no, this is a home game for Texas. Wow. If there was ever a statement game, you know, Texas has talked about being back. LSU has talked about, you know, moving themselves up into the conversation with the Alabamas and Georgias of the world. This is an opportunity for that, those things to happen for either of those two teams. Uh, where's this game going to be won and lost? Who's going to win? How's it going to happen? I mean, this is a college football playoff elimination game. I'm calling That's a it. massive statement. But this yeah. early. I mean, because both of these teams have a group ahead of them, LSU have got uh, Georgia and Alabama, and Texas have OU above them. If they drop this one, I think there's you know every chance that they're done. If so, if LSU lose this game and run the table, and in doing so, will have to beat Alabama and Georgia, they're not making the playoff. 
there's every chance that they do not. Okay, wow. I, I fully expect there to be a lot of uh, beating up at the top end. This is my in issue with the college playoff. This is my issue with the college playoff. Anyway. I still don't sure. understand it, but yeah, I think this one is it. It has implications. It's a huge matchup. It's and for both the conferences as well. If Big Twelve are able to win this and and Texas can get this done, then that really propels them up the rankings and puts them in good stead. And then the top of the Big Twelve is looking safe to get into the playoff. If they don't, however, then depending on the nature of the loss, it, it could be nasty, especially if LSU then go on and struggle against some of the other teams. And it really makes you know the, the top of the SEC look like they're a class on their own. So this one is going to be fascinating. It, it certainly is the game of the week. And I'm really interested to see how Texas go, especially after handling... Georgia in the Sugar Bowl last year, a game that not many gave them hope for. I mean, do you give them a chance in this one? This is an extremely good LSU defense, which they continue to churn out back to back. And Grant Delpert will, from his safety position, look to lead uh, that defense that only gave up 24 passing yards last week. Admittedly, it was to Georgia Southern, um, but they only allowed 98 yards total. Uh, is this going to be, you know, is there any way that Sam Ellinger can pull off one of his magic tricks again and get LSU uh, and get Texas across the line? Because from my perspective, Texas are going to have to score a fair bit against a defense that doesn't give up points. And I just think they go in heavy, heavy underdogs. It's not a, I know they're only giving six points, but they're just not a good matchup for LSU for me. Uh, Keontae Ingram has been a little bit banged up. He played well last week, but there's some doubt around him as well. And, and where and are they going to no get one else. There's yeah. no other running backs available at the moment. They're all injured. Yeah, so where are you getting a running game from? Sam Ellinger's just going to do it all himself? Potentially. <laughs> he, he's the top rushing option for him. Exactly. And that makes me really, really nervous uh, for for what they're going to be able to do. And, and I think LSU defensively are going to really stifle that Texas offense. Uh, and yeah, I, I just don't see a way... I, I don't see a world, unfortunately, where LSU loses this game. Yeah, I mean, it, it could turn out to be more of a defensive tussle than pro- probably a, a lot of people expect. I think because... Texas are so thin at running back and LSU's defense is elite, they might struggle. But on the flip side, LSU, whilst you know putting up solid numbers last week, their ground game wasn't really able to get established against Georgia Southern. And Texas's defense is a hell of a lot better than that. So if they're unable to do that again, you're putting a lot on Josh Burrows in what is going to be a fairly hostile environment down in Austin. They're going to have 100,000 people there, 90,000 of them, all in that burnt orange. That's probably a big factor in this one. So whilst I expect LSU to win, I think that Texas can certainly keep it close and have this one interesting late in the last. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see that happening. And you know that I'm not a Joe Burrow believer. I don't think he's a great quarterback, but he went really, really well last week and got out the blocks well and texas gave up a whole bunch of yards last week to louisiana tech to the tune of you know over 300 passing yards they gave up and i i'm I'm really nervous about what they're going to do on this back end i think in order to to win this game they're going to have to make lsu one-dimensional that means getting out to an early lead and that means trying to maintain it and put the ball in joe burrow's hand and and make them pass the ball now i'm not saying that that's a winning uh, recipe he may still pass his way to an lsu victory however i think if if they can if they if they're balanced if lsu are balanced then it's going to be danger time for texas uh, I'm a Texas believer, but I... Uh, it doesn't sound like it. Yeah, I know, it doesn't. I'm a, I'm a Texas believer in the Big 12, but I don't believe in the Big 12 enough to overcome 
this LSU defense, which I know we hear about SEC defense, they're really, really good all the time, and they're not. I believe this LSU defense is. You're just full of contradictions today, aren't you? I know, I'm making life hard <clears throat> for myself and for all the others. But I think the issue, my in summary, <laughs> in summary, <laughs> crushing it tonight. In summary, I'm saying that uh, you know LSU defense is really, really good. I think the SEC defenses are overrated. I think that Texas is going to have to pass the ball really well, score early, and then try and hold on to that lead. Cool. <laughs> is it? I don't know. That was messy. Anyway, uh, so that takes us through three of our big games for the week, I think. It does, yep. Uh, other games, other nine o'clock games, which may be worth keeping an eye on or maybe not as well. Tulane... Uh, head down to Jordan-Hare Stadium to play Auburn and they'll look to consolidate a very good win. I'm not saying Tulane are great, but it could be a little bit trappy. That could be a little closer than what you would expect. Nope. Nope, not going to be close at all? Nope. Okay, interesting. Uh, Big games, big emotional games with young players do have an effect. Uh, Anyway, Nevada, can they double down on good wins? They head up to Eugene to play Oregon. No. No, okay. Uh, Western Michigan, can they score more than 14 points, which would be enough to beat Michigan State? Will it be enough? And Probably, because Michigan no, State's offense sucks. To. Okay. Kentucky, they'll beat Eastern Michigan, right? Uh, yes, they will. Okay, then we've got a yes. Old Miss Arkansas, what are your thoughts there? Uh, that's an interesting one. The two teams are really struggling that are going to look to prove that they are not in that shitty pool of SEC. They're going to want to put their... <laughs> the, shit, the shit SEC pool. Yeah, exactly. They're going to no, 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 we're good. We're yeah. not like those other shit ones. So, if I've got an analogy, you've seen Last Man on Earth... I uh, have not. Oh, would you? It's on Netflix, I'm pretty sure. And he's got his shit pool. He like cuts a hole in a diving board. Yes, and, like, no, I'm familiar with the show. <laughs> I watched the start of it, yeah. So in that pool is like Missouri, clearly. Kentucky, probably. Uh, and then you've got Vanderbilt. But maybe one out of Arkansas and Ole Miss can just scratch their way out of that pool. Is I don't that like this analogy. <laughs> okay, let's move on. 9.30, uh, the Canes visit Chapel Hill. Uh, is there any way that this game will be worth watching? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I mean, potentially. I didn't think last week's would uh, between South Carolina and North Carolina. So how do you feel about this one? Any nerves or are you confident? Yeah, I am. I, I don't think... Sam Howe is all that. I think USC, uh, you know, offensively, they really, really struggled. Sam Howe's late with the ball a little bit, which is typical of a freshman quarterback, and that's okay. Uh, But that spells turnovers potentially, so I'm a little bit worried about what they're going to do offensively. Having said that, they've ran the ball between the tackles extremely well with Javante Williams. He was fantastic. The UNC... uh, defensive line actually did a really really good job and that makes me nervous because <sighs> the Canes offensive line may be the worst in football so uh, you'll be right don't worry I think we will all right and lastly the last big game that I know you want to talk about is a 12 o'clock kick in the Pac-12 number 23 Stanford head to Los Angeles to take on USC and their new starting quarterback can um, the Trojans and maybe Veve Malapay uh, potentially run the ball to a victory, I suppose, because he's going to get the ball about a gazillion times for the Trojans. Or will, you know, in a game where backup quarterbacks are going to feature, who's going to win? I think Stanford are probably in the best position for this one. Uh, they impressed me last week with their defense against Northwestern whilst North whilst Northwestern were bad offensively a lot of that has to go to Stanford and what they had there and whilst my season-long prediction was Stanford we're going to struggle this year I'm they almost could go two and oh here is that what you're saying yeah I'm almost willing to kind of throw that one away and even feed into yours of Clay Helton getting fired because I think Stanford are the better football team at the moment uh, and the loss of JT Daniels is really going to hurt USC. The, the need to put in another young kid at quarterback is going to have them struggling, and I believe that Stanford will come out on top. I agree. Uh, I don't think 
Clay Helton is winning any coaching matchups and he's going to have to out-coach uh, this week against the Cardinal. Uh, you, they're going to become one-dimensional and ooh, that's not good in an offense that is a little bit inept anyway. I don't have great faith in Stanford. Uh, sorry, in that USC Trojan offense. So, ooh, sorry, Hugh Pack, but I think that Stanford will get over the top quite comfortably. Okay, that takes us through majority of the week two games. There's a lot to like, so make sure you follow along. There is. So, normally we would have the championship draft following now. Correct. But the show's team, the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors, yes, were on an off week last week. They were. So we are going to take an off week from the championship draft. We might quick, quickly skip through. So in my stable, I have Georgia, Washington, USC, Ohio State with zero losses between them. I have got Oregon, Michigan, Miami, Oklahoma with some losses amongst them. Yes. Okay. Okay, let's move right along here. Let's let's not get hung up on the championship draft. It's not really necessary this week. And you only need one. Only had one last year, won it. So if we is that what we're counting here? Maybe I'm you, one and oh. You gave yourself I'm the one, first pick. I'm one and, and then got I'm it with one, the first I'm, pick. I'm one and oh, dude. I'm one and oh. Doesn't count. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't count. Doesn't now. count. Okay, something that will count is my bold prediction. And yours won't. Anyway, but where do you want to start? Do you want to get first cab off the rank? I've gone super bold this week. Good, I like, like it. it. It well, certainly I'll, ain't happening. I'll start then. Okay. I'll start and then I can giggle at you in a second. Okay, I am saying that after bloody Wobbs has said that the four freshman quarterback did such a good job last week, I'm going to give you a situation. Those four freshman quarterbacks, Sam Howe, Bo Nix, Hank Backmeyer, Jaden Daniels, and I'll throw in a fifth one, Sam Ellinger, will turn the ball over more times than they will be involved in touchdowns. Sam Ellinger's not a freshman, but okay. He's not a freshman. I'm throwing him in anyway, though. Okay. So I can take him out if you like. No, I'm going to keep him in there. So of those guys, you're saying that the... Collectively, they will be responsible for more turnovers than touchdowns. Okay, that's not going to happen, but all right, cool. It could. Yeah, no, that's bold. <laughs> Yeah, it's unlikely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a good one. We'll we'll see how these kids go week two. I'm um, I'm hoping they prove you wrong, but yeah, interesting take on things. And I'm there, a mate. Sam Ellinger believer. I just thought I'd put that in there to anyway, yeah, okay. shake things up a bit. All right, let's see how bold this is. Uh, so mine is that the SEC are going to bounce back. Mm-hmm. So they've been getting whacked all week for what was disappointing. I think they're going to turn around and show that they are still the premier conference in all of college football. I have uh, eight results that I'm, I've put into a multi here uh, that pays $22. So pretty bold if you're, you're counting that all together. But essentially, I'm saying all of these teams are going to win. We're Van- not on the punt here. Just quit No, now. no, no. But Vandy are going to win. They're uh, more than a touchdown underdog against Purdue. Okay. They're going to upset there. Uh, Missouri are going to handle West Virginia. Mississippi State... Who's the favourite in that one? Missouri are. Okay. Uh, Mississippi State will beat Southern Miss. Tennessee will beat BYU. Auburn will beat Tulane. Kentucky will beat Eastern Michigan. LSU will beat Texas. And then my last one here is that Texas A&M will (laughs) cover... Oh, is this that bold? It's paying 22 fucking dollars. And you're telling me it's not bold? You, well, there's one There's one that's not... Fa- I mean, to cover is a... It's a... 50-50. Each, each, each one, yeah. bet. But the only one that's not a favourite is... Miz- no. Vanderbilt. Vandy at Purdue. The rest of them, they should win them. Uh, yeah. I've, I'm giving you eight picks at 22 bucks. I mean, reality is, is that if I said pick any eight games in college football, that's probably not happening. Exactly. But... I'm telling you, I, I don't think that's as bold as it sounds. Is my only is my only comment. I think it is because purely based off of the dollars that you could return from that. Well, if we have a look at those spread totals for uh, Texas A and M, now I know that they're like twelve and one or something, ten and one against non conference against the spread. You're over... starting to get into my next section. Sorry, 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 sorry. Stepping on my toes. Okay, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that, especially after your big week. 
uh, last weekend. So you're probably excited. I don't know what makes you more rock hard, your three offensive players at Oklahoma State or how much money you made. I don't know. You don't know. Okay, so a couple of bold predictions. I'm saying five quarterbacks. They will turn the ball over more times than they are scoring touchdowns. And you are saying the SEC will bounce back by picking eight games. Yes. All right, let's move to on the punt. I know you are super excited about this and I am nervous for anyone that is following along. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Such a dickhead. Here comes the money, baby. <laughs> Ain't that correct? So here we are. I'm finally on the back of a successful week on the punt. For the I- first time ever. Not ever, but in a long time. And probably <laughs> the most successful week we've had on the punt. Things are, are really good. So for those of you who didn't tune into our recap, we had a great week last weekend. I had the first three all correct. The fourth one I ended up dropping, depending on where you got on. Uh, At the point that I put my money on, I actually got a push, so I was happy, but I gave the pick out at minus 20. That didn't happen, so we won't count that. But still, on the back of that, we had a great week. When things are going well, I think I'm going to change things up a little bit, and we might, rather than talk units, we'll equate a unit to being $100 makes sense so with that being the case we are 532 dollars in the profit over the weekend which puts us up 487 dollars on the year 487 dollars 487 dollars up what a great result that's not a thing so that is happy now i have some more picks for you and i'm i've broken i've broken the code i've, I've cracked it I know yes. how this works. I am. S- everyone. So your algorithms are out the window, and we're all about the trend. Okay. Hashtag on trend. People, I am giving out these for free. You would be crazy not to eat them up. I have gone a little crazy with it all. I've got ten picks this week. Jesus. And I'm gonna need to fly through it because I have some great stats to fill you in with. So, here we go. First one, I have Vanderbilt. They are five and one in their five one and one against the spread in their last seven road games. That looks good. They're okay. five and two against the spread in their last seven overall, and five and two against the spread in their last seven non-conference. Coming up against Purdue, who are one and four against the spread in their last five games, and also zero oh and four in their last four games after accumulating more than four hundred and fifty total yards their previous game. I'm going deep here. So, we love Vanderbilt in that. We'll take them against the spread. Next one, Syracuse. I'm just a little bit nervous about how confident you are. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Get on board. We're going to make crazy money this week. Okay. Okay. So, here we go. Syracuse over Maryland. Syracuse are 6-1 against the spread in their last seven. 6-0-1 against the spread in the last seven in September. And ten and three against the spread in their last thirteen road games. They travel well. They start well. That's great. Maryland are three and thirteen against the spread in their last sixteen after allowing less than one hundred and seventy passing yards in the previous game. I'm getting specific here. Yeah. They are also twenty and forty-two against the spread. I've gone a long way back there. Twenty yeah. and forty-two in the last sixty-two after a this shutout. Is relevant. Win. Those players aren't even playing anymore. Doesn't matter. When <laughs> they get a shutout, they really tend to struggle the next week. Syracuse looking good in that one. Uh, next one for me: USF, the Bulls. They're four and one against the spread in their last five against the ACC. Georgia Tech are really not all that great. They are 0-4 against the spread in their last four games overall. So we like USF in that one. Okay. Uh, Texas A&M, you kind of alluded to, so I don't know where you've got all your research from, but they're 5-0 against the spread in their last five games after allowing less than 275 total yards in the previous game. Okay. They're 6-0 in their last six games after allowing less than 20 points in the previous game. And this is the big one for me. They're 10-1 against the spread in their last 11 non-conference games. Okay. That's really solid. That is really solid. 
On the other side of the table, Clemson are only one and four against the spread in their last five games in September. People expect them to start really well. They don't. We like A&M in this one. Okay. Next, Arkansas. The Arkansas Ole Miss matchup. Arkansas are 6-0 and against the spread in their last six meetings versus Ole Miss. I think we went to one of those games. We did. That was ridiculous. Yeah. So, 6-0, and that's going to continue. Ole Miss, on the other hand, are 0-6 against the spread against well, no, a team no, no shit. with a winning record. Okay. Well, 1-0. 0-6 against the spread. Against a team with a yeah. winning record. And Arkansas is 1-0. Correct. That's a winning record. Winning record. <laughs> okay. This is horseshit, mate. Yeah. Mate, it... It made money, okay. It makes cash. Okay. Okay. Eastern this Michigan. is going to fall in a heap through the mid Eastern part of the Michigan. season. No good. You yeah. are the Colorado buffs of 2018 That's I, can we get andy back in here at least he was positive <laughs> about this he sent positive vibes i think you have a lot to answer for for bringing this punting segment down <laughs> yeah i'm gonna fight on through this yeah. eastern michigan no good 12 and 25 against the spread in their last 37 following <laughs> a straight up win so when they win the next week they struggle they party really hard at Eastern Michigan. Yeah, apparently. Kentucky, on the other hand, 8-2 and two against the spread in their last 10 against the MAC. Looks good to me. Stanford look have all the trend numbers in their matchup against USC, so they're 3-0-1 in their last four conference games, uh, which is really good. 3-0-1? Yes. So one push. Ah, uh, okay. Sorry. I was like, they had a tie? <laughs> Uh, well, with the spread, yes, <laughs> yeah, that is okay, correct. Yeah. USC, on the other hand, we kind of made some money off of this last week. One and seven against the spread in their last eight games in September. People expect them to be better than they are. Uh, and they are also one and four against the spread in their last five games on grass. Okay. Uh, California really don't start all that well. One, three and one in their last five games in September. Uh, and they're one and four against the spread in their last five games following an against-the-spread loss. Jesus. Washington, on the other hand... Feel free to tune out at any stage here. Are five, I'm giving out free cash here. People are writing this down. They can't get it down quick enough. Washington's five and one against the spread in their last six games after scoring more than 40 points in the previous meeting. So when they run hot, they continue on burning. Okay, and Jacob Eason did get off to a good start. I like that. Uh, UConn... And Maybe Illinois. I'm aboard Washington. Maybe U- that's my team. UConn and Illinois? I oh. do like UConn. I do like UConn. Okay, so Illinois, I've got no trends, but UConn are terrible. terrible. <laughs> one and five and one against the spread uh, against a team with a winning record that Illinois have. They are 4-20-3 and three in their last 27 games in September. Fuck, they really need to work on their preseason planning. Jesus, That's Rand- not good. Is Randy Etzel still there? That's huge. Uh, they also won 7-1 against the spread in their last nine games after accumulating more than 200 yards of rushing in the previous game. So when they have a rush-heavy focus, they struggle the next week. They don't get up for it. Uh, the last one I have... Yeah, they don't do a preseason. They're fucked. <laughs> correct. Last one is Mississippi State... Uh, over Southern Miss. So the Bulldogs are 4-0 and against the spread in their last four home games. They are 4-1 and against the spread in their last five games following it against the spread loss, which they had last week. And they are 24-6 and against the spread in their last 30 home games versus a team with a winning record. Are we done now, Lisa Simpson? (laughs) These stats are great. So for all of these, what I'm going to do is multi them into each other. We're (laughs) we're talking thousands of dollars here if all 10 can get up. So the way that the play will be is you'll put one unit down on each of the options, Mm -hmm. right? So there's... uh, 10? Was there 10 bets there? There's nine options, essentially. Okay. So you've got one on all of them together. You've got one on all the combos for nine, one on all the combos for eight. I tried to do the math to figure out where the break-even point is. It was too hard. Yeah, okay. I couldn't get it done. So nine units in total on that max or that slate of bets there. So you're probably thinking you'd want to hit four? No, I'm going to need like seven. Oh, right. Yeah. 
So you've got to be on the upper end. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Because they're all fifty. They're all $1.91. True, yeah. So you, you need to hit seven. You'd think six, but I'm not sure that'll get it done. Again, math was too hard for me. I think seven gets us money. And if we get all 10, you are, depending on what your unit bet is, if we're talking $100 a unit, then you really are looking at like $116,000. <laughs> How much are you putting on? Not bad. <laughs> How much are you putting uh, on? The last <laughs> unit that we'll put down will be on that SEC bet that I gave out earlier. So just dial back in your uh, little radio dial there to find out what those eight picks were there. But on that, we'll put one uh, at $22 uh, you should get if you multi that all together. So we'll put a unit there as well. Are we going to recap all these just quickly in terms of... I'll give the teams quite quickly. So we are Vanderbilt over Purdue. We are Syracuse over Maryland. We are USF over Georgia Tech. We are A&M over Clemson. We are Arkansas over Ole Miss. We are Kentucky over Eastern Michigan. We are Stanford over USC. We are Washington over California. We are Illinois over Yukon. And we are Mississippi State over Southern Miss. Now, that's not outright. That is just All against cover. the spread. Yep. Okay, yes. cool. That is a lot of information, a lot of words. And I apologize in advance, but Will's not going to, especially if we jaggle 10. He is going to be laughing his way all the way to the bank despite his loss on the weekend. Win. Okay, sorry, win on the weekend. Well, is that just autopilot for you, mate? Sorry, I'm just... You're just yeah. so used to it. <laughs> sorry, it just, um, just happens, I guess. What anyway. the fuck? <laughs> that brings us to the end of a bit of a different show for us tonight. We're a bit uh, all over the place. I feel like I've missed a lot of college football, but I'm really ready to sink my teeth back into it this weekend. Uh, it seems, I know it's Wednesday, it feels like it's later in the week than that, so I'm looking forward to, to watching and spending a fair bit of time in front of the box this weekend. Now, if you haven't told any of your friends about it, if you haven't told any of your family about it, then you must do so please this weekend. Make sure you get them on board, uh, downloading, subscribing at College Football Down Under. Uh, you can get us on Instagram and on Twitter as well at CFB down under. And we do look forward to your company on the end, on the back end of a fantastic week two of college football. On behalf of Will Muirden, my name's Aaron Kemp, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm.